You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. I'm Nate Kading, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Business Journal podcast, where we explore the life and careers of the Corridor's most influential business leaders. Robin L. Thurm is the president at Civco, a Coralville-based medical solutions company specializing in patient-focused products used with ultrasound imaging. I talked to Robin about her 25 years at Civco in a variety of roles, which she refers to as the 10 careers she's had within Civco. Her expertise in communications, how running a company magazine put her on a path to leadership, and her background as a collegiate athlete, how getting used to winning shaped her approach to business. Robin also shares her thoughts on designing a workday for success, the value of a monthly round-robin talk with the entire company, and the growth mindset, why it's a must at Civco when it comes to leadership and company culture. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. Stay tuned. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Well, Robin, I was, uh, I'm always impressed with folks like you. I feel like it's a, it's, it's a bit of a, an outlier these days, but almost, if I had it right from LinkedIn, 30 years, right? At, at Civco or, or very close to it. Right. 30 years in July. And, and just looking, reading through the various roles that you've had, and I'll, I'll read off a few of them, you know, sales and marketing, advertising specialist, program manager, director of business development, general manager, senior vice president, executive vice president, and to your role today as president, starting all the way back in 1991. Anywhere along the way, where did it start to click to you and say, hey, I can, I can run this company? Because that's quite the progression, and it gave you exposure to a bunch of different facets of Civco in the industry along the way, but at what point there from 1991 to today did it kind of click like, hey, I'm, I may be running this thing one day? Um, I would say, you know, certainly in the last 10 years, uh, you know, over the those first 20, I was starting to develop, you know, and think about this is what I would do, or, you know, th- this is what I would do if I was running it, or I, I would do di- things different. And, you know, had a lot of great leaders along the way, uh, as, as mentors too. And, um, but yeah, after, you know, I would say within the last 10 years, I thought, you know, I think I could do this. I, if, if the opportunity presents itself, I would definitely raise my hand and say, you know, give me a shot. If, if you were to ask 1991, Robin, <laughs> when you started at Civco, if you were a leader, did you consider yourself early on in your professional career, like someone that was a natural born leader? Is that something that's always been a part of, of you? Um, for sure. I I think that that's just kind of in my genes, um, that I've I've been a leader from the different organizations or, you know, college sports, whatever I was involved in, um, definitely was a a leader in many of those activities as well. Um, I don't like to sit back with um, and sit on my hands. I'm a a take charge kind of person and, and get it done. Tell me a bit about your sports career. Where did you, uh, you said you mentioned playing college sports and talk a bit about how that, how that's influenced you as a, as a business leader. Yeah. I, I mean, in, well, in high school, I played everything. I ran track, played golf, uh, basketball, softball. We didn't have volleyball when I was in high school. We played two, two seasons of softball and I was a pitcher. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's a, around the year, even back then it was, 
the mound was uh, what five feet closer. It was a way different. It was a pitcher's game, not a hitter's game, and um, whirling those fastballs in there, right? Yeah, high, <laughs> yeah. high and tight. Right back at you, really fast too, <laughs> um, and no masks, so or helmets actually. Wow. Was that, that we survived that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, then I played. I played college ball at, at a small college. I played basketball actually and um for a couple of years and just i've just always been really competitive and um love the love games i was spent a lot of time with my dad growing up and if i wasn't playing we were we were seeking out a game to go to didn't matter what season so yeah robin you had a obviously very prolific high school and college athletics career there was it was there like a signature uh a signature go-to play on the basketball court was it a hook shot or was there a, you know a certain a pitch, a slider or something in softball? What were, what were you known for? Um, well, actually basketball was, was definitely my preferred sport. Um, uh, I free throws. I led the state in 1986. We oh, played wow. six too. So, uh, yeah, free throws and all one, we were all one class. So that's my, uh, my go-to, but I had a wicked change up. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Those are always freaky, especially softball things coming in so fast and then it kind of lobs lobs its way in there. What was just out of curiosity, your, your free throw strategy? Like, I mean, what was the, you just over and over again, just a meticulous practicer of free throws and muscle, muscle movement. Yeah. That muscle memory. Um, by the way, I'm two time defending champion in, in the corridor corporate games, free throw competition. As well for <laughs> are you, a, what, what are you a two, two dribble and shoot or what, what's, what's the, uh, Two dribbles, spin it back, and shoot. Yeah, that's. Uh, I spent a lot of time laying on my back on the floor, just doing a repetitive motion. That was that's something awesome. I learned at a camp. So yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, the former athletes that I that I know and talk to that have transitioned into business, whether it's just a you know a high school, college, professional athlete, they talk a lot about the competitiveness, and even the the idea of creating competition within and amongst your team and sort of gamifying things. Are you, do you have you incorporated anything like that into your leadership at, at Civco? Oh yeah, I, I do. I'm, I make a game or, you know, there's a competition in almost everything that we do um, because it's to a fault. I like to win. Um, I hate losing. I'm a core loser. Um, even, you know, I remember going to my daughter's kindergarten um, uh, parent teacher conferences and meeting with a P teacher. And he was telling me how, you know, Shelby wasn't a good, you know, she doesn't like to lose. She doesn't, you know, she's not a good loser. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I want her to be competitive. I, I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't be a good sport about it, but um, definitely um, love people that have that drive. And, you know, they, they say, it doesn't mean that you have to compete at the collegiate level either. Um, but, you know, athletes make good employees, people that have that competitive drive, no matter what, if they're doing engineering or sales, it, it doesn't matter that, you know, that that push and that desire are great attributes. Yeah, and bringing that out in anybody within your company, I think interesting, interesting thing about, you know, Civco is that, you know, you're involved in manufacturing and innovation. And of course, there's the other various functions within the business in terms of marketing and in HR and those sort of things. Talk a bit about leading, you know, a varied team there with kind of different, uh, you know, domains and expertise. How do you, how do you manage to connect with all of them and how do you create, uh, you know, ties that bind, you know, within the company amongst all of your staff? 
When we're recruiting, um, for first off, we spend a lot of time with that and making sure that we're recruiting for the right people and the and people that that fit within our culture because we recognize we're not for everybody, um, but th there's places for everybody and, and we have all different types in our business too. Um, and, and we want that, we want that um, diversity, the diversity of thinking and, and cultures and um, um, want people to offer up, you know, the differing opinions and point, points of views. So one, um, that's why we spend a lot of time doing that and then making sure that we're creating a welcoming environment for and a safe environment for people to do that. And people know as a lead, as a leader, what I have done is uh, I ask a lot of questions. I and I ask for um, a lot of people's opinions on you know whatever the topic is. I just did a managers forum with our our managers and asking their feedback back on just some return to office topics. You know that that's kind sure. of the button right now. But I'm not saying I'm going to just prescribe all of this. I want to get their thoughts and I really value their opinions and take that into consideration. Um, but at the end of the day, they also know that I'll be decisive about it, but they also um, realize that they, you know, they have a seat at the table and um, that they're, they're part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Just to go back a little bit more towards kind of the uniqueness of your career with being, you know, primarily just one within one business for your, your entire professional career. When you came out of college and, and jumped in, what was it initially that attracted you to your role at Civco? Was it more your communications degree coming out of, out of college? Was it just the sales and marketing? Were you sort of industry agnostic or was there something about this particular industry that attracted you? Um, you know, it was more the, the position versus the industry. Um, I would say I, I actually did a, a short stint for like a year and a half at a, a beauty supply distributor. I edited okay. a magazine for them. Um, and that, that was my degree was communications. I thought I'd be working in newspaper or radio actually, but here I am not. <laughs> uh, so I worked through at radio stations and newspapers all through college. Um, but when uh, I applied for a job that I wasn't qualified for, but it, the company seemed interesting to me and it was, you know, kind of near home or near my hometown, not but far enough away. And anyway, um, so I applied for the job and they, they said, no, but the founder said, I, I want to start a magazine for our industry and our, our business. Would you, would you come start that for us? So that that's how I got the job was, um, I, you know, I start off and I, I created a magazine for Civco was specifically to ultrasound imaging and our industry and our space. But on the side, I took orders, I managed the inventory, I backed up the computer system, I, uh, you know, did all of our trade show advertising work um, as well. So it was a great, there, there were 20 of us in the company at the time, I played backgammon with the production ladies at lunch. <laughs> um, you know, we just had a great time. Was there, that, that's a great story of just kind of jumping in and, and being super useful in a variety of different ways, especially in the backgammon side, everybody needs a little entertainment, but <laughs> um, was there, was, was there a moment that early in your career where you, I mean, you, the more that you take on, the more useful you become, you know, the more, uh, you know, stress that brings and those sort of things. Was there a time early on in your career where you felt a little bit overwhelmed or felt like perhaps it wasn't the right path or was that, that all the time? I felt overwhelmed last year. Um, 
No, I think I, I was going to add to that. The prior comment was, um, you know, I, I just, I, I've always been that way. You kind of go where the opportunity presents themselves and take advantage. I've never really would say I had a, a clear path laid out for my career. I, I really didn't. Um, I, I, we didn't have the opportunities that, that, that um, students have today too with doing some, you know, job shadowing and, and all of that. We, we just didn't do that type of stuff. You kind of need to just figure it out on your own. And so I, I really didn't know that much about different aspects of business to realize um, there, there were just so many different opportunities within one company. And I, I say, I, I've had at least 10 careers within the same sure. company. And, you know, never dreamt I'd still, still be in Iowa, but, you know, I've traveled the world and I, I still live in Iowa and, and been able to experience so many different things. So yeah, I, it's not all laid out. I, I think what I did was I just took full advantage of as opportunities presented themselves. So, you know, four or five years into my tenure at CIFCO, um, there were some of the upper management left um, right. in the organization. And I just, I didn't even raise my hand. I just stepped in and started taking care right. of students, Yeah. You know? And a big part of it was working with, um, we call them OEMs or the original equipment manufacturers that we work with. So companies like, you know, GE, Siemens, uh, Hitachi, um, uh, Toshiba, companies like that. And I would, I was negotiating the development work that we did with it. I had no experience in any of this, but right. um, just start, it just kind of came naturally to me. And so uh, just, you know, they just kept putting more and more on my plate and I, I kind of uh, became the problem solver for the organization. And that's how opportunities and experiences really presented themselves was just showing that I could go figure out something complicated and, and figure out a, a solution and how we could could work through it or or how we could um, you know negotiate a, a pretty large agreement with with a company like GE I mean we're you know at the time we're much smaller than right. GE um, so and, but we had leverage and, you know, how, how, how we utilize that. So yeah, that's, that's a great example is, you know, just that concept of moving up the, the company just by proving your utility on a regular basis and solving problems. And, you know, you look back in the rear view 20 years later, and then you're leading the company. <laughs> Going back to that though, you mentioned, you know, the different, I love that idea of, you know, 10 different careers within the same company. And, you know, Today, in today's day and age, you got the onset of, you know, kind of information overload. We've got LinkedIn, you've got everybody can kind of connect with each other. I kind of feel like a lot of young professionals today are almost a victim of having too much opportunity and too many, the, at least the perception of too many choices. As you're mentoring people that are coming up through Civco or other places, how, what advice would you have for, you know, young professionals that are just starting out within a, in a company? And I think the tendency now is more to kind of jump around laterally company to company rather than you know, taking the advice that you just talked about by, yeah. by proving yourself I, internally. Yeah, I we spend a lot of time talking about this with our our team, and we we have development plans for every individual in our organization. And I, I talk to a lot of them individually, um, but uh, my advice is to relax. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to put some time in, and you got to get your your hands a little dirty, and you're gonna do things and be asked to do things that that's not in your career path plan. 
but the experiences that you're going to get from that. I mean, I, I took on a lot of things that I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. But, um, you know, I look back at what I learned from doing that and, you know, kind of grit my teeth and digging in and, and figuring some of it out. It may have been a hard, you know, period of time, but uh, just it, it's really benefited me. And I think um, relaxed me in, you know, right. some really high pressure situations, especially in the last year where you just like, you know, you might have a, a moment of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But then, you know, you sit back and like, okay, let me break this down. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's not forever. You know, I, I have conversations with people say, Hey, I want you to do a stent in a, a certain area. And here, here's what I think you'll get from it. And right. trust me, trust me, it's not forever. Um, but you know, it's good. I, I think it's going to benefit you, even though you don't see it right now. And I, I would say 10 out of 10 of them will say they see it now, even though they, they may have been kicking and screaming a little bit at first. So, yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. I love asking executives like yourself, sort of how they design a successful day for themselves. Is there anything that you've learned over time? I mean, you, you just mentioned, especially last year with COVID, there's, you know, hundred problems thrown your way and things you got to do. And you're pulled a bunch of different directions. How, how have you designed your, your work day in a way that, that allows for success? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I try to, I, I, I've, try to have some discipline around early of the day, end of the day, you're, you're trying to catch up on the logistics, right? Your email or whatever. And um, the middle of the day is, is your meeting time. And I, I don't know that I have a set structure to a successful day other than I, I try to keep it organized. I'm a like religious on my calendar and, and trying to calendarize things. But um to say that X amount of my day is on strategy or whatever, I I don't feel like I have the luxury of doing that. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I allocate time to be more present with customer. I think it, that's one thing in, the, in my role now, I feel like I'm a little more separated from our customers. So sure. I'm trying to be more in intentional about some of that activity and, and involving myself, but it's, uh, before the pandemic, I spent a lot of time walking around the buildings. Talking yeah, to time, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but I have a, a pretty, I do have a pretty strict like monthly regimen where I meet with the entire company. We do a huddle every month. I meet with the, the managers every month in a, a fixed, you know, we, we do a, a topic today was, you know, back to office, but we've done some sessions on mental health. We've done sessions on development planning um, I do a monthly sit down, they call it round robin mm -hmm. with, um, I, I go through the entire company. I have lunch with a group, a smaller group of people and they, it's a time they can ask me anything they want. If they don't have questions for me, I'll start peppering them with questions or things that I want to know here from them. Yeah, that's great. Are and these then, strategies and tactics that you've picked up over time or are these mentors or did you, I mean, yeah, stuff. I've, I do a lot of benchmarking and I take, I'm, I beg, borrow and steal. I'm not ashamed. I borrow ideas <laughs> from everybody. Um, so I, I do a lot of that and I, I pick the things that I like, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we do that with our strategy too. We've got a pretty strict regimen around our, our monthly review of our 
strategic planning and um, review of our top initiatives um, and being clear, it, it helps. That, that's why I say my day isn't as intentional as my months are intentional and it makes my days intentional in that we're talking about the top priorities then because of how we're managing the, the business. So that's great. I love those kind of that monthly cadence of things and things you have to do. And then the, you know, the rest of the things sort of get filled in as you, as you go forward, you, you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, just managing a business through COVID and now we're sort of starting to come out the, the back end of that. And that has all of its own unique challenges uh, in and of themselves. Um, I, I asked uh, Suresh, this is CEO at UIHC um, mm -hmm. during our last interview, but, and, and I thought he had some really interesting insight, but if you're, if you're sitting here teaching a class at the University of Iowa 10 years from now, okay. and you're, you're talking about managing Civco, a business through the pandemic, what are two or three of the main takeaways that you think are gonna, are gonna stick with you over time? What, what have you learned as a leader? What, what, are, what are gonna be the, the, the key elements of the story a decade from now? I think they're similar to what they were before, things we all should have been doing before, and it's how you communicate with your team. Um, you, you can't do it enough, and you have to do it in a lot of different ways and different formats, but um, I would say through all of this, I've been clear with the team of, this is what I know, this is, this is what I'm making my decisions off of. These are the things that I don't know, I don't have an answer to right now, and I'm trying to figure it out. So just, you know, bear with me. I'm trying to figure it out. And um, I'll, as I do, uh, I'll either be asking you for your input or thoughts or, you know, communicating with you kind of a, a position that, you know, here's the position we're taking. And, and this is what I'm basing my information off of. Yeah, that, that's a recurring theme with a lot of the leaders I've spoken to is that how do you as a leader have that sort of candor in a situation like that? Because you don't know. And people are looking to you for answers, but it's no one's been through this before, right? And it's uh, it, just kind of that human side and that constant communication. I think that's great. What What are a couple other key takeaways from the last year? Uh, you know, we've all learned flexibility. Um, you gotta. It, what was was the status quo yesterday changed today? Yeah. Um, so just being willing and able to move quickly and be nimble with as as things are evolving um and not being not being afraid to just take a stance um because early on we had to you know there wasn't a lot of guidance from an, an organized way yeah. so you, you kind of just had to be willing to, to take a a stance and um and go with it um and then i think the other big learning you know as we're, we're talking about coming back is things that we had in our mind that weren't acceptable before are today, yeah. you know, of this, this just being flexible on the, your, your working environment, you know, what, what can truly be done at home versus what do you need to come in the office for? So I'm going to have some flexibility with that and, and helping people create some better work-life balance, you know, be, being there when the kids get off the bus from school or, or whatever. I, I understand and appreciate people have seen different um, value to some of those very simple things um, in how they're managing their, their work life. So um, yeah, I, I wanna be more 
flexible about that. That said, I, I, I also want to make sure we're, we've, we've created a pretty strong culture here and we're very proud of it. Yep. And I don't want to lose that. And um, a big part of that is us being together. And I, I think when you look at the surveys and poll surveys we've done, people value us being together too. And, you know, they, they still want, want that. So. Yeah, that's great. What does success look like for Civco, you know, five years into the future? I mean, it's an exciting industry, no doubt. You know, you talk about medical technology and healthcare and I mean, it's, it's a constantly evolving industry with innovation. And I mean, the, the market seems almost endless. What is, you know, how are you guys riding that wave and what do you see as the big opportunity and what does success look like for you guys as you look out onto the horizon? Yeah, I think, um, you know, in the next five years, uh, success looks to us like we've doubled our business. Um, I think that we've added a technology to our portfolio, you know, another product line, and we've maybe made an acquisition in that time of another business. Yeah, that's exciting. And growth has always been, a, I know, a big part of your playbook there. At Civco, do you have any, before we jump into some of the our closing questions, do you have any advice or insight just on a growth culture, a growth mindset? Is there anything that you feel is, you know, really important about your culture at Civco that that's always encouraging people to grow and, and innovate and, and build on what you have, what you have going? Sure. I mean, that, that's, uh, from our parent company too. I mean, <laughs> I just literally got off on demand it. with the other presidents, but they, they kind of are rolling out, um, some different things for them that they haven't really talked about before. One of them was, you know, that kind of the characteristics of an ideal leader. And mm. you know, number one is that you have a growth mindset. Um, it's just, but I think that that's just in, in dread in all of us. It, it's why, it's why we're leading the businesses that we are. You're not just going to sit by and say, okay, how do I, I just keep, you know, carrying on that that's, not, none of us are going to feel satisfied with that. And, you know, you just kind of build it in your culture and your, you know, all our initiatives are about something exciting and new Pe people get excited and, and, um, you know, feel motivated, uh, when you're chasing after those, those types of goals. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's been some great, great insight, great advice. Um, we like to end kind of wrap these interviews up with just hopefully a little bit more glimpse into you and your your personality with with some of our rapid fire questions here. Uh, if you look when you look back on your career at Civco, and like we talked about, you know moving moving up and through the through the company to, to to being today's leader, how much of that success would you contribute to sort of luck or happenstance, and how much would you contribute to to hard work? I'd say forty nine fifty one. <laughs> okay. Which way? <laughs> Which one gets the edge there? 49 luck, 51 hard work. I yeah. mean, they come hand in hand, but I'm going to give myself the edge on the hard work. Yeah, I like it. Uh, if given the chance, this one I'm excited to hear your opinion on, being working within one company, one industry, your whole career. If you were to go back and do it all over again, you know, what other profession, you know, would you, would you most like to attempt? Oh, uh, yeah, I would like... I'm not saying that I had had the talent, but you know, LPGA or WNBA, that's <laughs> my thing. Yeah, making a living on a golf course would not be a bad thing, would it? That'd be a no. lot of fun. No, uh -uh. <laughs> That's great. Uh, how about a business leader? Is there someone that you looked up to either nationally or locally? Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be weird. Maybe 
sound like I'm towing the company line, but our, our former CEO, Brian Jellison, he passed away a few years ago. Um, and then our current CEO, they're just, they're very, uh, you don't see them low profile leaders, but they're two of the smartest business people you will ever meet. Uh, I would, uh, there's no comparison to those, those two gentlemen. That's great. What's, what's a defining characteristic of, of, of them that, that really stands out to you? Uh, just their, their bead on, um, on the management and the numbers and knowing the numbers and they, I mean, they're managing 65 different companies. We all operate independently and they know then our numbers, like the back of their hand and yeah. the grasp of what that, that um, the impact that that has and what they've taught me about um, managing certain metrics and what a difference that makes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always impressed with folks that are like that too, that can just, they know, they know that those KPIs and the metrics and everything inside and out. It's, it's, it's yeah. always impressive. Um, how about a, something other than business? Is there a podcast or TV show or something that you're regularly digging into? From a podcast, you know, I, it's been a while. I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts recently I, when I was doing a lot of walking, but I listened to Serial and S-Town. I really got into those. Yeah, those are fun. Younger generation got, us in, got me into those. Yeah. And TV, I would say... The Blacklist and Game of Thrones. I'm a, those are big strategy uh, shows. I love them. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting business analogies there in Game of Thrones. Once you kind of get oh, into yeah. that, you, you know, all the, it's uh, it's fun stuff. How about a motivational quote? Is there something that's you know coming from the sports world? We're always throwing a bunch of those. Is there something that stuck with you that you brought into business or that you use around the I've office been since high school? If it is to be, it's up to me. I like it. That's great. Uh, 30 extra minutes in a day, what would you do with it? I would walk in the park. Awesome. We all got to do a little bit more of that, I feel like, over the last year, maybe. You're kind of clearing our minds and being outside. Uh, how about a book? Has there been a business book or something you've read either recently or through your career that has always stuck with you? Yeah, early in my career, we, we uh, before we were part of Roper, we did open book management. We all went through that. That really opened up a lot of like leadership concepts to me, but more more recently, I would say the power of the other. It's a Dr. Henry Cloud, and he's a great speaker as well. Um, yeah. That's great. And then um, last but not least, we like to wrap up the interviews with just having you in one sentence define success. I would define success by knowing I've made a difference. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Robin, for taking the time. This has been some great advice uh, tucked into, into our conversation today and then very enlightening. So I appreciate you taking the time and look forward to catching up here soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. This episode was produced by Joe Coffee of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.